welcome to From the Frontline. I'm Hunter Combs in the studio with two very special guests this evening. My very own wife, Andrea Combs, and Andrea's aunt, Debbie, all the way from Austria, Lenora's sister, here to share with us. And we're going to be focusing this evening on celebrating the life and legacy of Lenora Hammond, uh, my mother-in-law, Andrea's mom, and Debbie's youngest sister. And with Thanksgiving coming up, we thought it'd be appropriate to really thank the Lord for Lenora's life and what she's meant to all of us sitting here in the studio. And for many of you out there who knew Lenora and uh, the way she impacted your life. And so we want to think about just how um, we can be joyful and thankful for what God has given us in the life of Lenora. As Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, Be joyful always, pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thanks for being with us, Debbie. It's great to have you it's all the way from Austria. Here. Yeah, It's great to be here. Yeah. And she, I think it was really refreshing at the funeral service yesterday, just hearing a bit of your tribute to Lenora. Do you want to share just some of those thoughts or that you shared at the funeral yesterday? with our audience. I remembered the first time I ever saw my sister. Hmm. She was a babe in arms. Dad had just picked mom up from the hospital and they both came in the door with actually three little babies in their in their hands, but hmm. only one baby was real. The other two <laughs> were pre-prepared dolls hmm. that mom had very in a very thoughtful way um, arranged for my, our middle sister and, and for myself uh, to have someone to, to take care of. Mm. So all of us could sit around the fire feeding our little, our little <laughs> treasure. That's a great idea for any of you parents out there, bringing yes. a new baby home. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That's right. Right. It kind of forestalled any kind of, hmm, you know. Who's this person? Yes. Another one? <laughs> yes. Uh, please take her back home kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> or back to where she came from. <laughs> mm. So that was your first time meeting your sister, and she was seven years younger than you. Right. She was yeah. seven years younger. So 1960. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And so share with us a little bit maybe about just your relationship with Lenora and you shared yesterday about how you weren't actually that close with her until later on in life. And maybe you could just share some of that with our audience tonight. Uh, you know, when you're young, very young, seven years is an, an awful lot of time. So yes, I'm sure, you know, I, I recognized her and knew her, but not as closely as, as we grew together in, in much later years. Uh, a seven-year-old child has completely different interests than a tiny baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so that was actually how it was. I'm sure for the first for the first you know few years mm. until she joined my little classroom. <laughs> uh, I had a classroom uh, with some dolls in there, some teddy bears, and gollywogs. <laughs> and when Lenora could sit and. I'm sure she could already sit uh, by then. She was uh, probably already two or three, maybe four years old mm. when she actually joined my classroom. <laughs> and I must say, I, I so enjoyed that because she was actually the only responsive pupil I had sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> and you've since gone on to be in a life of education. So yes. she was your guinea pig. She was my guinea pig. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's very special. And so when did you, um, when did you actually get closer with Lenora as sort of the years went on? That was sort of your first maybe meaningful memories and interactions as her in your classroom when your parents brought her home, but maybe you can share a bit more of that. Um, I think, uh, we really started having a sisterly relationship together when she, um, became a teenager. Okay. Because up until that time, she had her own circle of friends, and I was, um, by the time Lenora was 12, I was getting married. Hmm. So um, that was a big change in my life. Hmm. And um, it wasn't until a couple of years we, after I married, Lenora um, spent a year in our house. Oh, wow. Um, so you must have had some special memories from that year, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Um, our parents were in the States on furlough, their first furlough they had ever taken. Mm. And Lenora was in the middle of a school year, so we got dumped with a teenager, <laughs> with a 15, almost 15-year-old 15 teenager. And that mm. was an experience in itself. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine having your little sister there with you, but it's different now because you're kind of have your own household. You're not under mom and dad's rule and authority. It's okay. Right. <laughs> you can get to know each other on a more friendship le level, I guess. Yes. At that age. And um, I was, But I was still the older sister. Mm. Uh, and the, that age difference still was there, but not as, of course, as uh, great as it was mm. um, younger, at a younger age. I can remember teasing her sometimes. She, she attended a school that also prepared you for for housekeeping for cooking and mm. and lots of needlework that was actually her best subject mm. um sewing and and uh, making different things but also they had classes in in general housework and home economics mm. and one day she had to uh bring a shirt along because they were going to learn how to iron a shirt and she was acting up that day. You know, she was being a bit awkward and, mm. and things. So I said, Lenora, it depends on your behavior. What kind of shirt of my husband's I'm going to give you to, you know, to iron? <laughs> One that takes an awful lot of time uh, to iron um, and a nice and easy one. I must say, we ended up give, um, me giving her a nice and easy one for her to iron. You know, what's so funny is that she taught us how to iron, too, when we were homeschooling. I remember her teaching Daniela and I how to iron a man's shirt. She said, every woman needs to know how to do this. And I think Hunter can testify that I have not ironed too many shirts in the almost 10 years we've been married. But for all formal occasions, I made sure to iron. That's because of what my mom taught me, and I assume that she learned that from you now. So... Uh, it's funny how it kind of goes around full circle. That's, that's right. I think in a way men should be able to iron their shirts, at least know how to. Mm. I made sure my sons and my daughter, of course, as well, but especially my sons knew how to iron. Uh, our youngest son, um, when he was working and has had to wear a suit, 
he would just iron the part that you actually saw. <laughs> That's called ingenuity. Men yes. are great at this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do I make as much of the bed as will be seen so that I get out of trouble with mom or something like that? <laughs> yeah, so that was in when Lenore was in high school. You were newly married then. Yes, right. So that was those are I'm sure some special memories. Um, and then fast forward quite a few years, uh, once she had moved to Africa then. Is that more than when you reconnected yes. later we, in the future? We had reconnected um, when I would visit the States with, with my children, mm. and she was still going to, to high school or college. Mm. Um, but it, it was yet another another level, mm. and she had such a, a different life at the time, um, really enjoying college. Mm. Mm. Um, I remember a trip to California we, we made, um, just the two of us in mom's car. And she loved, Lenora loved using the CB radio. Hmm. And the conversations are going back and forth with everybody else on the road, going <laughs> the same way as we were from Phoenix to, to Los Angeles. And that was a fun trip. <laughs> that was a very fun trip. Uh, while we were there, we stayed with old friends of ours, from of our family that were from England. Mm. So that was an, a very neat time there. Mm. And for those of you listening who might not know the family that well, Lenora grew up with her missionary parents in Europe, in Eastern Europe. Um, you grew up in Austria, was it? She was born in England. England yeah. Grew up in Austria. Right. But you stayed in Austria, you got married, and then Lenora came back to the States with right. her parents. So that's a bit right. of the timeline. So there's now a continent and an ocean separating you right. as she's in high school and now you're married in Austria. Mm -hmm. um, and so you'd come and visit your parents and that's when you had these times with your sister. Yes, yeah. right. And then also she would, um, during a college break or when she finished college, she would... Um, not all that often, but on several occasions, accompany dad and the, and a team back mm. to Europe, back to um, uh, countries behind the Iron Curtain, because mm. Austria is very central in Europe, mm. and Salzburg is central in Austria. Mm. So invariably they would plan their trip to um, swing by Salzburg for two or three days mm. to reconnect, see, so my, my dad could see his grandchildren <laughs> and... Uh, my children could experience their, their at Lenora. Mm, yeah. And so <clears throat> once Lenora ended up getting meeting Peter and getting married to Peter and moving down to South Africa, you said you started visiting and you started realizing you guys had things in common, which you didn't actually realize because although you're sisters, you didn't grow up in the same household, really. You grew up on different continents, on other sides of the world. And now she was down in South Africa and she was not only a continent apart but a different hemisphere apart <laughs> right yes actually the the last 45 years we've spent mm. on a different continent mm. that's a um, long time that's a long time yeah. that's a very long time and of course um when she moved to south africa i was my husband and i were busy raising our children three little children and so that took a while till i was you know able to let, let go mm. or um, and and travel further and wider um, without um, having to worry about my own children at home because yeah. my husband was of course still working mm. and um, so it was 
I think the year 2000 that mm. I started my trips down to Cape Town. Mm. And um, that's when I realized, wow, uh, <laughs> here I enter this beautiful home, beautifully decorated home, and I see all of these teddy bears. And my, my home is home to many teddy bears. And then I see all baskets. Wow, you know. Uh, and it, it kind of evolved then from there. Um, our, our mutual interests in, in home decorating. and In fact, I can't even remember ever arguing with my sister. We probably had squabbles. Um, but I think the biggest discussion uh, we had was a, around a teddy bear. Uh, I had a white teddy bear sitting on, my, on the windowsill in our dining room facing inside facing the dining room area so I could see the face. I dressed it up in a little a knitted teddy bear sweater. And when Lenora would visit, she would actually turn the teddy bear around so he could look out and see the view. <laughs> and so as soon as she left, I turned the teddy bear back. Or if she would go shopping, I would turn the teddy bear back. And she would come home from shopping and turn the teddy bear to see the view. So that went back and forth over, I would say, two or three years. And I would sometimes send her a picture of the teddy bear looking in and sometimes a picture of the teddy bear looking out. So it was kind of a fun thing that went on. <laughs> well, you know, my mom was an incredibly opinionated person. So yes. if she thought something was supposed to be a certain way, she would not hesitate to let you know. So. That's right. That's right. And it's yeah. funny how much you both grew to love bears and baskets because mm -hmm. as far as I know, your mom wasn't um, very into bears. I know she always loved her baskets and baggies, mm -hmm. but not into person, bears. Not right. bears. So no. it's interesting that you both grew to love bears so much and you weren't influenced by one another's love of bears. You just That's right. came to that mm -hmm. on your mm -hmm. own. Very special mm. thing to have in common. You know, talking about being... Um, what was the word you used? Uh, when you're opinionated, that was yes, the word you yes, used. Very opinionated. Um, I would sometimes arrive with a specific scarf or pair of shoes. And during the course of my stay, my sister would say, hmm, I don't think that scarf and those pair of shoes are going to make it back on the plane with you to go home. <laughs> So that started some, the next thing that um, we kept on then for two decades of shopping in each other's closet because mm -hmm. we had approximately the same um, style, uh, style, and yes, size. style and size. And uh, so I would borrow things from her. She would borrow things from me and that went back and forth. Sometimes I never got them back. Sometimes probably she never got them back. Um, but it was something both of us mm. dearly enjoyed. I just had to learn um, when I packed, now am I willing to part with this? Because <laughs> um, you knew she might want to take yes, it from you. Yes, and and if it, she did, that was fine. That was fine. And it spanned, it, it spanned beyond clothing too. It was also shoes and handbags and right. hats and maybe yes. even jewelry. Jewelry, right? That's 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 correct. She, we, we exchanged rings, and exchanged them back, and 
um, yeah, so it really was um, well-rounded. Mm. And so special that you had such similar taste, so yes. you could really enjoy one another's purchases as well as your own. Right, right. Yeah, and so <clears throat> with all this, I think it uh, as we celebrated her funeral yesterday and celebrated her life, I should say not celebrated the funeral, but celebrated her life and that she's the impact she's had on all of our lives. Maybe you could talk, both of you could talk just about the impact she's had on your lives. I mean, obviously it's been a huge impact on Andrea. As long as I've known Andrea for 11 years, your mom's been battling with cancer. I haven't even known Lenora without breast cancer. Um, without, I mean, the battle with cancer, you could say. Um, and it's been a hard battle, I think, for the family, a hard battle for her. But she's always, I think, a word that we kept hearing describing Lenora was courageous. Um, and another word I think that really comes across when describing Lenora is wisdom, someone who has a lot of wisdom from the Lord and would always speak wisdom, speak it very compassionately, lovingly, and clearly to you. And I think everyone who knew Lenora well had those conversations with her where you're encouraged, you're challenged, and you just came away really appreciating the wisdom that she imparted in your life. So maybe you two can just discuss a bit about, yeah, the impact Lenora had in your life and uh, maybe some other words that really describe who she was to you. One of the most vivid um, memories I have of the way she impacted my life was, um, for the one part, in a way, my personal life, but also um, my professional life. Um, Lenora decided to homeschool her children. I think that was around 2002, 2001, 2002. And uh, just this last July and August when I was here, I actually found 10 pages of notes that I'd written for her um, on a specific uh, topic and teaching strategy. And I was quite cheerful when I, I saw them still there uh, in amongst the, the school of things she had. But I was often in touch with her concerning her homeschooling and most times from afar. But the way it all acted out, the way it was all done, each, each child on its own, his or her own uh, personal uh, learning journey was a great, um, I greatly admired that and it actually influenced my own professional life because I had um, transferred to the university school and was a head teacher at the attached primary school and one of our jobs there was to devise new teaching methods. Hmm. So after I had spent... Um, six or seven weeks down here in Cape Town one, one July and August and really experienced the homeschooling situation in depth. I strive to incorporate that individual approach, that interest-based learning hmm. um, that comes from the child hmm. uh, into uh, teaching programs that we could then devise and actually implement. Im, Im, implement, implement yeah. yes, thank you, and that have actually um, 
become role model for several schools around the country. Hmm. So more focusing on the child and the specific needs of the child rather than just putting them into sort of a cookie cutter, oh, well, you're a child, you're going to go through this Yes, program. that is not, not the way hmm. to, to approach teaching. Yeah. Well, anyone who knows anything about children or has ever spent time with children knows they all have their own way of learning things. They have different personalities. So it stands to reason that they would learn in their own unique way as well. So it's, it's wonderful that you were able to customize that for your future students. Of course, we, we were dealing with classrooms, you know, like 23, 22, 24 children um, in the classroom. But it was still possible to... Individualize it, yeah. Individualize it in quite a big um, uh, mm. way of doing it. And that's so important for the parents, too. I mean, as we have a six-year-old about to go into school next year... We really want to know that because our child's not necessarily going to be like all the other children. Mm. <laughs> Anyone who knows our oldest son, Jeremy, he has a mind of his own, which mm -hmm. he comes by honestly. Uh, but he will need some individualized teaching and uh, hands-on with the t teacher. So it's good to have that individualized approach. You had mentioned how your sister was your little sister, but your little big sister. Can you maybe unpack that a bit for us? Yes, she was my little sister, mm. but really only in age. And, and the, the older we grew together, the closer we got, um, that age difference became totally insignificant. Mm. Mm. And Lenore really had this uncanny way of, of um, and perception mm. and way of saying something that was so to the point. Completely that yeah. it was actually sometimes mind-boggling. Mm. Like she could see past the issue at hand and she could just get to the root of it. She really had the heart of a counselor, I think. And She did. I know she didn't study it per se, but she sort of fell into it in her ministry mm -hmm, um, and mm -hmm. as a wife to Peter Hammond and all the different people who've come in and out of our ministry over the last few decades, mm -hmm. she couldn't help but to mentor and encourage young people. And that, of course, continued on through her children. And she has impacted our lives, undoubtedly. Um, I mean, as a mom, you can't help but to impact your children. Mm -hmm. But she, she really was our counselor and our friend. But she always knew what to say. And it was sometimes hard to hear. Mm -hmm. We didn't always want to actually hear what she had to say but we always needed to hear it and mm -hmm. she would have this incredible way of um articulating what needed to be said and she really just solved a lot of issues for us and when something happened something occurred she would not let anyone make excuses for it mm -hmm. and she would actually not negate but she would listen and to what woeful tale was going on, but then kind of push that aside and then project forward. So what are you going to do in the future? Mm. What are you going to do about it when it, if that happens again? Mm. According to the situation, she always had a, this... Um, Action plan? Yes. To, mm. 
actually the, the expression, we'll make a plan. Yes. Um, I learned that from her. <laughs> she would say that all the time, or we'll jump off that bridge when we get, get there. there. Yes. <laughs> and as my brother Calvin said yesterday, um, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. I'm yeah. not sure if that's what my mom said or not, but it's a commonly used phrase, I think. But she would say, well, what are you going to do about the situation? How will you respond to it? Are you going to let the situation get you down? Or are you going to rise from it and go forward um, in an uplifting and positive way? Or are you just going to let this eat away at you? Right. So she always encouraged us to take responsibility for our actions, always, to not make excuses and to just make a plan. <laughs> yes. And I think so much of not only her wisdom, but her empathy and uh, love for people really came from, in a way, from your dad. I saw so much of Bill Bathman in her, of just this really, this ability to connect with people, but also just this wisdom to sort of see through, as you said, the situation, just speak into it. And yeah, I think um, a lot of that comes from her upbringing, who, who your dad was, who her parents were um, in her life. And your mom was just full of wisdom. Harriet was always, <laughs> she had some <laughs> nugget of wisdom, some challenge. As she said, uh, your dad, Bill, always came across as a sweet-smelling rose, and she came away as the, the rough ogre. <laughs> yes, that's right. In fact, um, the thought just came to me, uh, the way my sister Lenora was is actually a combination of mm. mom and dad. Yeah. Dad was the outgoing people person that would always look on the positive side, although you kind of inwardly cringed. Mm. Um, and Lenora had, had that as well. Mm. But she had this tenaciousness. Is that a word even? Yeah, tenacity. Uh, tenacity um, and, and eagle-eyed way of seeing something and pinpointing it mm. and not... Um, smoothing it out but just saying what it is mm. that was for mum yeah it's true but she had <laughs> she had your dad's, she had dad's way of doing it yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> whereas if it was your mom's way people would no 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 <laughs> very much like the dynamic of Peter and Lenora as well as mm -hmm. Peter said he got many uh kick under the table uh, as he was at some dinner party Peter you can't say that <laughs> being kicked and getting bruises on the shins <laughs> and as he said she really smoothed out a lot of the rough edges of Peter but I think a lot of us I mean I only knew her 11 years and I received those letters from her those dreadful letters <laughs> that anyone who knew Lenora for any period of time and you got in the dog box you'd get a letter but it was filled with wisdom mm. and insight and things nice. to gain and grace and love and nurture uh, that you really come to admire. Maybe at the time you wanted to hide that away in a bottom drawer, but later you'd say, wait, what did she actually say? Now that I've actually had some time to say, no, she was right. <laughs> yes, it was It was chastisement in a way, mm. but always with a huge dollop of love, mm. of en encouragement mm. and um, focusing ahead. Well, these infamous letters that Hunter is referring to, she was known for writing a letter to someone if, as he says, you were in the dog box or there was an issue that she just needed to address. But you knew also if you got this letter, it's because she loves you. She didn't take the time to write a letter to someone that she didn't care about. Mm. So those letters really were important. And um, 
like you said, gracious. And I think you only got one letter from her. I know I got one letter from her (laughs) (laughs) Um, that I can remember. And um, it was just her way of processing what she thought about whatever the situation was at hand without the emotions of the conversation. She'd have you read the letter and then you could discuss it Mm -hmm. after. So Mm. love and grace, um, but also with lots of truth too. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be some words you'd use to describe your mom or your sister, Debbie? Andrea, do you want to go first? Yeah, Andrea. Yeah, I mean, there really are so many words to use to describe my mom. Uh, You already mentioned being courageous and wise. She was an excellent listener and a wonderful friend. I know there are many people who were there at her service yesterday and many more who wish they could be there but couldn't be either due to work or transport or just clashing schedules or, I don't know, maybe an ocean or a continent in between that made it almost impossible to get here. But um, there were people who were streaming in and people who were physically there and that was just um, a very small nuggets or snippet of really the impact she had and we've been so surrounded by love by so many people who were impacted by my mom's life so friend is a very easy word to use to describe her she was a counselor as we've touched on now and just an incredible mom Um, like I said in my I don't know if it's called a speech or eulogy or what it's called, but yesterday I touched on the fact that she um, wasn't a perfect mother, but she was perfect to me, perfect to my siblings. And, of course, we had our disagreements over the years, but overall you pretty much always knew she was right. She was wiser than us, of course, and she, she knew better, but she would also graciously allow us to make our own mistakes and... She just guided us so well. So I think the word I'm searching for here is teacher. She taught us so well. And she she mentioned many times how she was a jack of all trades. But she also wanted her children to hone in on certain skills that we were blessed with uh, by God. And she helped us explore those different talents from music lessons, dancing lessons, other sports. And she always encouraged us to pursue those gifts once we discovered where we landed on those areas and she just knew how to gently guide us through those I don't know teenage years are particularly tumultuous years for people so yeah I mean that's the word that's coming to mind is teacher so teacher guide full of courage wisdom um, friend or as you've said to me best friend really I think your mom was very truly your best friend so the loss is very I think real for you especially mm-hmm. losing a best friend <clears throat> as you always used to say to your mom you're not allowed to go anywhere you're not going anywhere <laughs> mom although God has his own timing and all our days are written in his book before we were even born so although we wanted her to stay in many ways it would have been selfish especially with the, the pain and the difficulty at the end and we're grateful that we have that hope in Christ that she is with the Lord now she doesn't have any more suffering she is completely healed and I think all of us who loved her and knew her were praying for healing praying that God would be merciful and heal her and truly I think one thing the Lord spoke very clearly to me is that he has healed her 
he has healed her. And it's not the way we wanted him to heal her. <laughs> of course, we selfishly wanted her here another 10, 20, 30 years. Um, but it's not always, doesn't always play out the way we want it to. Um, and so, Debbie, hopefully we won't make you cry. What are some words you'd use <laughs> to describe your sister? You are allowed to cry. <laughs> um <laughs> you said that now. <laughs> um, I would say she was a master in anticipating needs, mm. uh, vocalized needs and n- not vocalized needs. She would just know. Um, creative, mm. incredibly creative, dependent. Mm. If she said something, you could... Um, yeah, you knew she was going to do it. Yes. She was going to actually carry it out. Always. Right. Mm. Incredibly busy mm. in, in the best of sense. Of, of, Industrious. Of the word. Yes, yeah. maybe that's a better word, mm. yeah. I can remember asking her, can it be that or could it be that the Southern Hemisphere has 28 hours to a day? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I asked her that on several occasions because it just was mind-boggling. Yeah. <laughs> All the things she would be juggling. Mm. And not in a linear setting. It was kind of all at one time, yeah. It, yeah. at least it seemed. Mm. And I think the amazing thing is with how industrious and busy she was, you never had a sense of she's stressed out or anxious or frantic. It was just always this very... Uh, put together and she knows what's going on and she has she's under has everything under control <laughs> yet she's sort of ruling the world there <laughs> if you will yes yeah, she had her eyes and her ears everywhere um even though she was very focused on 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 her whatever she was doing mm. and she was always ready to have a listening ear surely was we had lots of very meaningful conversations while planning different events or quilting, sewing, whatever it was, crocheting. She crocheted a lot, which is very, um, very handy skill to have when you like to keep your hands busy, but you're navigating load shedding constantly. So power's out, no problem. I've got a candle. I've got natural daylight. I'll just keep crocheting my blanket. I don't need power for that. It's just my hands and some light. And um, you were talking about how creative she was, but she was such an amazing event planner too. One of the last conversations we had just a few weeks ago, uh, maybe three weeks ago, she said, okay, talk to me about Thanksgiving. What are we doing? How are we going to do this? What are we going to get up to when Auntie Debbie gets here? And um, talk to me about this and talk to me about Christmas and what kind of decor do we want to pull out this year? Because we usually had maybe white, mostly white one year, maybe woodland creatures. Last year, I think we did mostly red and white. I always love pulling out more of the vintage Christmas items as opposed to the newer things. So those are the things that we would discuss. So event planning was something that she was very gifted in, and she really did it with such grace and style. Mm, She did. Yeah, and I think speaking of events, as we're coming to the end of our time, we I think we just had such a lovely time yesterday celebrating Eleonora's life at... Uh, out in Franschhoek, which is um, kind of old wine country in South Africa, and a beautiful Dutch Reformed church, uh, just 
breathtakingly beautiful. And I think she would have, I think she would have approved of yesterday. She would have wholeheartedly. <laughs> and after that, we had the burial at um, a friend's property there. And we had a nice reception, just beautiful time, I think, to celebrate her life and uh, just hear how she impacted many people's lives. I think everyone was really touched by hearing the, the kids share, uh, all of Andrea's siblings shared, uh, Debbie shared, and some close family friends shared as well. And um, yeah, I think everyone can join in a resounding uh, company and say how much she really meant to all of us um, in each and every one of our lives. Are there any final thoughts you ladies want to share as we wrap up this time of just remembering Lenora and who she was? Well, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I don't think that you can be anything but thankful for having had her in our lives. And like Hunter said, no amount of time would have been enough with her. We would have loved to have had her for decades more. However, it's hard to be too sad when we know how wonderful her life is now in heaven. She is absolutely living fullness of life like never before. And it makes me certainly, and I think all of us who knew her, look forward to heaven that much more. So... This week, I'm focusing on how thankful I am for having her as my mom and as my friend and for the impact she's had not only on my life, but everyone's life who she touched. And I'm grateful that my three boys got to meet her and get to know her a bit. And I know my older two will certainly remember her. And we are going to focus going forward on keeping that memory alive and continue the beautiful traditions that she instilled in our home and in our family. And... Her legacy will certainly live on. Absolutely. Any last uh, final thoughts you have, Debbie? I'm certainly more than grateful for the part I was allowed to have in her family. Mm. Of letting me be a part, I'm sorry, of, of her children's lives, asking yeah. for my input and taking it seriously, giving it thought and... I'm thankful that she was my sister. Yeah. And she was a really amazing sister. She's an amazing mother. And all of us, I think, feel the loss, especially because of just what an amazing treasure she was from God in each and every one of our lives. Um, there is a sense of sort of a hole there. Who Now, where do we turn for that wisdom? Where do we turn for that friendship? Where do we turn for that love, that nurture, that care? And I think that's where we find the Lord filling those gaps in our lives, being reminded that, yes, she's not with us, but the Lord's here. And he's, he's the one who is our comforter, our sustainer, our shepherd, our friend, our savior. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Debbie and Andrea. And I think <clears throat> for those of you who are listening tonight, um, there are, you can watch the funeral service that took place yesterday, and that'll be posted on the Frontline website, which is frontlinemissionsa.org. Again, that's frontlinemissionsa.org. And you can find links on there to podcasts from last week where uh, Andrea and Peter and I spoke about the life and legacy of Lenora. Uh, this week, as we're continuing that celebration of the life and legacy of Lenora and uh, being thankful to the Lord for her life and um, the impact she had on each and every one of our lives. Um, as it says in <clears throat> Psalm 107, it says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, 
Colossians says, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the kingdom of light. And Paul says in Philippians, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And we are sad to say goodbye to Lenora. It is a time of grieving, but we do not grieve as the world grieves. We grieve with hope, knowing that she's secure in Christ, that she's healed in Christ, that she's with Christ now. And we too, who are in Christ, will see her again. Thank you for those of you who have tuned in tonight to listen. We pray this has been a blessing to you as we reflect on the life of Lenora, on the impact she's had in each and every one of our lives. Good night, and God bless.